0: what's up world it's your boy eric jones jr host of heartworks podcast coming to you live today nice little june day weather outside is a little gloomy supposed to be a rainy kind of week hope everyone is having a great day so I'm going to introduce heart because everyone has a heart, but do you have heart? The heart is something that we know is in our chest, it beats, and it helps us function throughout the day. What I look at having heart is, is heroic effort in realizing truth. You can't just give a normal effort. You can't just give 120% effort. You got to give heart effort. When you give heart effort, that means you gave everything in the tank, everything you got, you laid it all on the floor. And whatever results you get, you're satisfied with them. Realizing the truth is understanding that you might have some weaknesses. Understanding that it might be hard for you to do some obstacles that you might need some help and that you need to ask someone for help. So you have to realize your truth, but you gotta give everything that you got. So I'm gonna give you guys an introduction of who I am and tell you a little bit about my story and show you heroic effort in realizing truth. I was born one out of four million people with a rare disease called club hands. And with this disease, the doctors they didn't even know what the disease was. They didn't know what my condition was. They had to go research and it took them 24 hours to even come back and tell my parents. Now my mom, she loved on me like any mother would. My dad, he didn't want any parts of me because of the way that I look. And he tried to blame my mom, but my mom didn't do anything. My dad didn't do anything. God made me that way. We all look different. But we're all equal. I just happen to look different. My arm's just shorter than a little bit than everyone else. So as the doctors are telling my parents what's going on, there's a hospital from Chicago there. It's called Shriners. And they help kids with disabilities and, you know, things like that. Something going wrong with them, if they have any kind of disability, Shriners helps. And it's free... To those parents or those kids to get the surgeries, whatever is needed, because they understand we were born into this situation. It's not like all of us have money to, you know, pay for this expensive um, doctor work. So they told my mom about coming to Chicago and how they could help. And my mom was like, okay, that's cool. So I had my first surgery at six months old. And the surgeries, all the surgeries I had, they were always trying to break my arm and trying to straighten it because my arm was curved because I don't have the radius bone in my arms. So my first surgery, they're trying to find a vein and they can't find a vein in my arm. So they cut my left leg open and they try to find a vein. No luck. Now they have to put the IV in my manhood. Ouch. I know. I know. I know, men, I know men out there. But in the situation, my mom, like any parent, she was going hysterical. She was going crazy. But she was like, all I wanted was my ball. And then I was calm. And I was, you know, still playing like a normal kid a few days later after the surgery. Now, as I grew up, I grew up in Michigan City, Indiana. And my mom and my dad weren't together. So my dad would get me, you know, every so often. But when he would get me, he would always put me in a jacket or a coat. It would be 90 degrees outside in the summer. and This man got me in a whole sweatsuit. So one day my mom had to explain to him, like, listen, he's not, his arms aren't going to change. He's going to have to deal with this the rest of his life. You're going to have to accept it. We're going to have to work together to make him feel as comfortable as possible in this world. So my dad, he wasn't the worst dad. He wasn't the best dad because he put his hands on my mom. And I remember my mom and my grandma telling me this story. So, you know, he had one time pushed my mom and I broke her ankle. So this time he... You know, yelling at my mom. I'm He yelling at my mom in front of me. And my mom, she yelling because my grandparents, they stay like in the backyard of us. And she's yelling, she yelling. And my grandma come out. That's all we hear. She was like, you better leave my baby alone. And my dad left. That's the kind of man my dad was. But my dad also... He was selfish because he had got cancer, right? And I know you're like, how is he selfish and he has cancer? Well, he had cancer and they told him, well, you can cut your leg off or you can amputate part of it and you'll live longer. And now my dad has two sons, me and my brother Lonnie. My dad decides not to cut any part of his leg off and he died shortly after. He left us behind. And as I learned this, I always vow to never leave my kids behind without leaving a legacy because I don't want to be the same man as my dad. But as my dad died, you know, so life was a little different for me. I was mad at the world. And my dad died when I was three. So I was mad at the world. I had a lot of hate for my mom for a while because I thought it was her fault. You know, I, I was little. I didn't know what was going on. But it was one thing I fell in love with. It was basketball. And I know you're thinking like, hmm, Sky, you got short arms. You gonna play some basketball? Yeah, I'm gonna play some basketball. So I taught myself how to play basketball. And because I like watching basketball. And I was tired of always watching other people. I wanted somebody to be my cheerleader. I wanted to have some type of fans or supporters to say, yes, let's go, Eric. So I would go to the court every day. This was about kindergarten. I would go to the court every day working on my game. And I'm practicing on my game because I wanted to be like Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, John Stockton, Kevin Johnson. I like the little short guards, but ones that could shoot. And I understood that I wasn't going to be able to do all the moves that everyone else did. And that was at an early stage of playing basketball. But every day I would go to the court. Every day I would give everything that I had, and as I got older, I started to want to play other sports that my friends were playing, and they were playing baseball, and I would play baseball, and I played, it was t ball, or a fast pitch, and I remember they would ask you if you wanted to shoot, uh, you know, hit off the tee, or if you would want to Get the fast pitch. I'm a little, I'm like, hey, bro, throw me that fast pitch. Throw me the fast pitch. I don't need no T. I'm like everybody else. I'm out here. And I always would hit the ball, but I wouldn't hit it far. But I would hit it enough to get on base because I was fast. And when I played defense, the ball would come, but I would be scared to catch the ball. So I would let the ball come, hit the ground, throw my glove down, grab it, and throw it. And I was pretty good at baseball. I even, you know, was in the newspaper because people always thought that I wasn't able to do something that had to do with my hands. So I remember growing up in Michigan City. It wasn't a bad area, but it wasn't the best area. And, you know, you always have people that want to talk. You always have people that want to bully because maybe they're dealing with some insecurities. But I I used to get bullied. People would joke on me. People would talk about me. People would try to push me around. And it got to a point where I tried to commit suicide. I tried to put the pillows over my head and hold it for a long time and hold my breath. But it just, it never really, it didn't work. God didn't want me to, you know, God didn't want me to die. So, and I realized Just like my mom told my dad that my arms wouldn't change, that my arms were going to be short the rest of my life. So I had to deal with it. So I understood that people could only talk about my arms. There weren't too much else. I I think I'm a pretty handsome guy still to this day. You know, now my teeth, they're a little messed up. But you talk about my teeth, that's cool. That's about the only thing you really could talk about. (coughs) Excuse me. A little under the weather, but so I would start joking, and then the bullies would want to fight. Now my mom always told me and my sister, if someone hits you, hit them back. Now me, my arms are short. I feel like if you' too close to me, and me and you, we, I feel like, hey, this this might lead to a fight, or this might lead to him swinging on me. I'm swinging first. So I got to the point where. I would fight back. I would fight the bullies back. And I was never gonna let anyone push me around anymore. I was like the little guy, little short guy that had that, that thought he was bigger than that. And that's just how my attitude was on a basketball court, on a baseball court, playing football in the yard, at the playground with my friends. Now, I don't really have too many muscles in my arm. I don't really have muscle in my arm. Um, my, my finger mobility is not that great, but I always wanted to play basketball. And I, and I know this, uh, this is a first episode, so I'm going to keep it short, but I'm still going to give you the points of heroic effort and realizing the truth. Now, remember, I'm going to take it to fourth and fifth grade. And I made the team. And everybody, they kind of was bigger than me, taller. They weighed a little more. And I was a little short guy with the Coke bottle glasses. But I was good because my body height and my arms kind of matched. They kind of they went together. So Iverson was my favorite player. And I was doing all the crossovers. I was shooting like him. And it was a game where we were down. It was fourth quarter. I come in the game and I hit six points in the fourth quarter and we win the game. I hit the game-winning shot. We played another team, Cool Spring. I scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. We ended up losing that game. But I'm telling you this and I'm tell you, telling you my story for you to realize that sometimes everyone don't have talent. Sometimes adversity hits people from birth. Sometimes adversity... Hit you every single day and you gotta figure out how to open a pop can, how to tie your shoes without your back hurting, without with reaching for something, or maybe you have to climb on the cabinet. All these things could have stopped me from living the life that I live, from being normal as anybody else. And they would have stopped a normal person, but I gave heart. I gave everything that I had, no matter what. I, It got to the point where I didn't let other people's opinion determine my ability. I understood that I'm Eric, and I got to live with having a disadvantage. But that disadvantage is an advantage because other people look at me, and they underestimate me, and they treat me as an underdog. And then I get on that basketball court, or I get on the baseball field, or I'm playing catch, or whatever I'm doing, I'm giving everything that I got because that's all I have. All I have is heart. So if I don't give everything that I got, which is heart, then I'm not giving you nothing at all. It didn't matter who was in front of me. It don't matter if it's a brick wall. It don't matter if it's a train. It don't matter if it's LeBron. It don't matter if it's Curry, if it's Kobe, if it's Draymond, whoever. I'm going to give everything that I got, and I'm going to leave it on the floor. And that's the same thing that you got to do you got to have heroic effort. With heroic, eff- with heroic effort, you have to understand that there's another tank inside. Just like when you're driving a car and your car hit E, there's another little tank that lets you get to that gas station. It's another tank inside of you. It's inner strength, and you got to use that inner strength and push you to the finish line. You can't let someone tell you you can't do something just because they can't do it. you got to keep going. you got to keep pushing. If you believe it, then you can do it. I believed I could play basketball. I believe I can play on the court with anybody. So when I walk on the court, I'm walking with confidence, with my head hit, with my head held high, with my gym shoes and my flip flops on, like everybody else, like lace them up, let's get it. But I realized the truth was my arms weren't gonna change, so I had to make adjustments. I wasn't like I used to dream that, man, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, my arms gonna be long. And they never did. So when I realized that truth that Eric, every day you're going to wake up and you're going to maybe have some physical issues because of your arms, you have to deal with it. You can't complain. You can't cry. It's not for you to cry. It's for you to go out there and do your best like everybody else. Everybody has a story. Everybody has some adversity. Nobody cared that I had short arms. Nobody cares that, you know, I have nerve damage. Nobody cares that you know, I don't really want to cut the grass and I'll pay somebody. Nobody cares about me not being able to help move sometimes because I can't lift things. Nobody cares about that. My kids don't care. As long as I go out and work every single day and I bring back whatever it is that the house needs and me and my wife, if we do that, that's all they care about. So no one cares about your story. They care about how you got through it. And I got through my life having short arms, having club hands, by having heart. Heroic effort and realizing the truth. And the major part of that is realizing your truth. You got to understand you're not perfect. There's some things you can't do, but you make adjustments or you get around people that can help you with that. So I won't keep you long today. It's the first episode of Heartworks Podcast. You can measure my arms, but you can't measure my heart. Everyone has a heart, but do you have heart? Yes, the heart works, but do you heart work? Have a great day.